friends, this is Jim here with Sebastopol Christian. We're ready for our message today. We're going to be talking about power. You see on the screen behind me, it says, stay until you are clothed with power. You know, the other day in our kitchen, I had my coffee and sometimes, you know, you get a cup of coffee and then you do some work and you don't drink your coffee and the cup gets cold and you're like, oh man, I don't want to throw the coffee away, but I need to warm up my coffee. So what do you do, right? You bring it over to the microwave. So I, I take my cup and I put it in the microwave oven and I turn it on and it goes on for about five seconds and then it goes, right? And then the lights go off and I'm looking around going, what happened? My coffee maker's off, all the lights in the kitchen are off. It tripped a breaker. And when you trip a breaker, the power can't get through. And even if you have a good machine like a microwave, it's not going to work without the power. So we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said these words to his followers, and they have great import. So in the next two weeks, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that we get through prayer, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. Today, we're going to be in Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1. So let's get ready. I want to uh, bring up some words that Jesus uh, said to his followers at the end of Luke's gospel. He said these words. He says, I'm going to send you what my father promised, right? So Jesus knew what he was about to do. His disciples did not know what he was about to do. If you go on a road trip with me, we're going all the way from California over to Israel, right? Anybody who's done that, it's a 14-hour flight. It's, it's tough. But you get to Israel, and then you take a two-hour drive from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and you go up there above the old city of Jerusalem, across the Kidron Valley to the top of the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus was with his disciples. In fact, there's a big church up there. Uh, on the Mount of Olives, the Church of the Ascension, because that's where Jesus ascended into heaven. He was getting ready to go up into heaven, and his disciples had no clue what he was about. So Jesus tells them these words. He says, I'm going to send you what my Father had promised, but stay, stay in the city of Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now, those are super important words because without the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was going to send, this church is not going to have power to do anything. They're not going to have power to do what Jesus has called them to do. So they need to stay close to these words of Jesus and be obedient to them. Let's go on to the next verse. And you jump from the end of Luke's gospel to his sequel, which is the book of Acts, which chronicles the early history of the church. And in Acts chapter 1, uh, Luke begins the, the gospel with these words. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. What an amazing Savior we have. He does and he teaches, right? He's not just one or the other. He's always modeling the right behavior, and then he tells us this is what he wants us to do to imitate him. Until the day he was taken up to heaven. Well, guess what? This is going to be the day that Jesus is taken up into heaven. So, here's the question. Why did Jesus want them to stay in Jerusalem? He was telling them to go back into Jerusalem. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. In the upper room, now, I, I imagine that was a foggy memory for those, those Jesus followers because that was the night that Jesus was arrested and put on trial and eventually 
crucified. So, but Jesus gave many, many great teachings. John's Gospel, chapter 13 through 17, the upper room discourse, Jesus is talking about giving them the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he's not just going to be with you. He is going to be in you. And I'm sure that was just like, what? The apostles are like going, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean by that? And he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So the apostles are, are reeling a little bit from this. They're asking him when he's going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And Jesus says, it's really not about that. Here's the question. Why did Jesus make them wait for the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus knew that without the Holy Spirit, they would not have the power. Just like my microwave oven doesn't have the power without electricity, these apostles are not going to have the power to do what Jesus called them to do without the Holy Spirit. But when they do have the power, amazing things are going to happen. Look what Jesus says. He says, but you will receive power. That's that Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. Now that's explosive power and energy. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what happens when you get that power? You will be my witnesses, starting here in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus has this global enterprise in mind for his followers. It's going to begin right here in Jerusalem. But they are to take one step further. They're not to go out on their own. They're not going to say, Jesus, we're just going to try something and see if it works. No, he says, you go back to Jerusalem and you stay there and you pray and you wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Now, that's the beauty of, of Jesus' followers. And that's what made them so successful. Because when Jesus gave them a clear direction... That's exactly what they did. So Jesus' followers were facing a major change, right? Jesus had risen from the dead. Uh, I imagine those guys were saying, great, it's going to be business as usual, just like we've been doing for the last three years, and it's only going to get bigger and better. Only a big change was already coming, and they hadn't even realized it yet. They were facing a major change and a disruption to their lives. Jesus, they had just watched him after he said those words. He said they looked up into the sky and they saw Jesus ascending up into heaven. And then eventually clouds hid them, hid Jesus from their sight. And they were looking at each other like, what is going on? He's ascending up into heaven. This is our rabbi. We're supposed to be following him. And they knew that a major change was taking place. Jesus told them they were going to be his witnesses. He was going to spread the kingdom of God now through them as they relied on Jesus. He said to pray and to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't even know what that looked like. They had no idea. They knew what Jesus looked like. They knew what Jesus was doing and how his spirit was. But this Holy Spirit, what, what did that mean? And what kind of changes was that going to mean in their lives? Look at this. From the, think of it from the perspective of the apostles, right? Jesus has been their rabbi in person, day and night, never far away from him for over three years. They've been following him that closely. In fact, in the first century, if you were a good disciple, the, the proverb was like, a good disciple covers himself in the dust from his rabbi's feet. Right? That's how close. You follow so closely that on those dirt roads, you're collecting the dust following your rabbi that closely. Jesus had been killed, buried, and resurrected recently. 
Jesus told them that things were going to change significantly, and they didn't quite understand what he was talking about. So now Jesus ascends into heaven. They're going back to Jerusalem. They're supposed to go back and pray and wait. What did that even mean? What, what was going to happen? They really had no idea. They just knew, if this is what Jesus said to do, then this is what we need to do. And so they did. They returned to Jerusalem, and they remembered that Jesus had resourced them in certain ways, right? So what was the main resource Jesus promised them? He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, but you need to go back and pray together and be unified and wait expectantly until the promise is fulfilled. So the resource was coming, and he was the Holy Spirit. The content of their message was going to be the gospel message, the good news of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, and the forgiveness and eternal life that he could offer to anybody who would repent, turn around, and start following Jesus. That was the message they were to proclaim. And then finally, the scope of their primary task. They were to begin right where they were, just like us today. You know, here we are in Sebastopol, Santa Rosa, West Sonoma County. We are to begin right where we are. This is our Jerusalem. And you know what? We're facing major changes. We've just been put in lockdown now for eight weeks. I think we've been doing online church now for eight weeks. And it's different. And when we come back to church, church isn't just going to be normal exactly the way it was before. Somehow it's going to be different. We're going to have to practice social distancing. We may have to have church services where there's only like 50 people allowed in the church. We might be opening up first to small groups being able to gather together, but you got to practice your distancing. When we come into church, we got to have everybody have sanitizer or gloves or be wearing a mask. And that's going to be different. It's not going to be terrible or bad, but it is going to be a change. And we need to get ourselves ready for the change. Because here's what's been happening during this lockdown. You know, the people who were outside the church, the people who were just going about their lives, I'm doing my job, I'm going to my sports games, I'm watching my television shows, I'm going out to restaurants and bars. Those people... All of a sudden, that normal lifestyle that they've been doing for years and years just came to a grinding halt. And it's made them stay at home, and it's made them fearful, and they're apprehensive about their health, they're apprehensive about the economy, they're, they're fearful of what's going to happen to our country and to this world with this global pandemic. And for many people, it's causing them to do what? They have to look up, and they have to say, God, where are you in all this? God. Where can I find peace? If you're there, is it possible to have a relationship with you? These people are doing a spiritual search. They're exploring. And one thing that we have found is when they're at home exploring, they're going online and they're searching for religious content. They're searching for the gospel. And guess what? That's what we provide. That's what we can offer them. The hope of the good news of Christ that we have in our lives. So, just think about for yourself, if Jesus says to, to the apostles, he says, I want you to go back in Jerusalem and wait, and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come. What does that mean for us? We all go back to our homes, but guess what? We're online. And guess what? We have a sphere of influence with our own. We have Facebook friends. We have Instagram friends. We have Twitter friends. We have friends in our email system and our phone system, and we do FaceTime with and family members. Those are all 
people whom God has put in our sphere of influence. This is, quote, our Jerusalem. And God says, take this opportunity, take this spiritual awakening that's beginning to happen now in America through this pandemic crisis, and use it to try to point people in the right direction, to point them toward the gospel. Send them a link to our church website. Send them a link to a, a spiritual content. Have them watch The Chosen. You know, give them an opportunity to feed that spiritual hunger that they have, knowing that that heart-shaped hole inside of them is something only God can fill. So the disciples are called to go back to Jerusalem. They're called to pray and to wait and to see what God would do. So what do they do? They're being obedient. That's why they were successful. They did what Jesus asked them to do. Doing what Jesus told you to do. It says, verse 12, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath's day walk from the city. That's about a half a mile. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. This is what they call the upper room, and it was a big room. We were in it when we visited Israel, and it's a, it was a big echo chamber type room, but it could hold a lot of people. And according to what it says here in Acts chapter 1, Luke's witnesses, there were about 120 Christ followers who were left at this point, and they were all gathered together, and they were praying. Look at this beautiful verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So there's three groups of people. There's the 12 apostles, or the 11 minus Judas. There's the women who had been following Jesus, according to Luke's gospel. And then there was Mary, Jesus' mother, and, and his family were there. And I think about Mary, and I said, man, Mary was about to see two births. First of all, she had a front row seat, literally, to the birth of the Savior coming into the world. And now Mary's going to have an, a front row seat to seeing the birth of the church, the birth of the body of Christ coming into the world. Next week, we're going to see that in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit did come in power. But right now, Jesus was telling his followers, you need to go back to Jerusalem. You need to pray and you need to get ready because something big is happening. Big changes are coming and you need to get yourself prepared. Like so many of you, I miss being able to gather together. I miss the privilege that we have on Sunday mornings to walk into church and knowing we're going to see our loved ones in Christ, our family uh, of, of Sebastopol Christian. It's so great to be able to see you guys. And we have been lacking that privilege and I miss it. And I wanna get back to it. Some of our favorite meeting times together were these prayer meetings that we used to have. Um, together. And we're going to have some more prayer meetings coming up in the future because we want to see God pour out his Holy Spirit in us and through us. Go back to the upper room where these guys were praying. They were united together. What was so powerful about that? First of all, they were in unity. They united themselves together, 120 followers. They were preparing their hearts for something big. They didn't know what it looked like yet, but Jesus said something big was coming and they were getting ready for that. Look at, remember Jesus' words, he says, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Because when that power comes, everything that God has commanded you to do, and he said, you will do these things through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna be able to do because Jesus is gonna fulfill his promise to you and me. 
To see revival, to see a spiritual awakening in our community, in our county, in our state, in our nation, we've got to do the things that Jesus' followers did, right? We need to join together uh, with God's people in prayer. We're going to gather together in unified prayer. We need to share the good news about Jesus. You guys have a spiritual realm of influence. Use that influence to be able to share Christ with other people. Say a word, good word about God. Tell people what you're learning and reading and listening to and growing and how it's encouraging your life. And the other thing is start where you are. Jesus said, stay in the city. This is the city where God has put us, right? This is the place where God has placed us. And he's saying, I want you to bloom right here. I want you to be my witnesses right here. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be my witnesses. So here's our action points. Here's our takeaways for today and today's talk. Number one, pray. Pray and seek God's direction together. We say, Lord, we don't know exactly what you're trying to do. We know that this is an opportunity. This crisis presents an opportunity for us and the church. Lord, help us to discern what it is you want to do and how you want us to reach even more and more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're only going to get that answer from God through prayer. So there's number one. Number two, do the last thing that Jesus told you to do. He said, I want you to be my witnesses. Guess what? Whether we're in COVID lockdown or we have complete freedom to move around, that command has never changed. I want you to be my witnesses beginning in your Jerusalem. So there's number two, do the last thing Jesus told you to do. And then number three, get ready. Get your heart ready. Get, just say something big is coming. I want to be ready for it. I want to embrace it. I don't want to look back and say, I just want to go back to the old days. You know, I think Mary Magdalene, I think when Mary first saw Jesus on that Resurrection Sunday, you know, she's outside the garden tomb and she sees Jesus, but she thinks it's the gardener. She doesn't even recognize him. And he says, he says, sir, if you've known, if you know where they've taken my Lord, please tell me because I have no clue. She was just totally disoriented and distraught. She had come that morning to to finish the burial process for Jesus' dead body. And now here Jesus is alive right in front of her. And finally Jesus awakens her spiritually, calls her name and he says, Mary. And she says, Rabboni, which means my rabbi, my teacher. And she tries to hug him and cling to him. And he says to her, Mary, don't cling to me, but go and tell the other people. I just wonder in my heart as I'm thinking about what Mary was thinking. Mary was thinking, Jesus, you're back, you're alive. This is so great. We're going to go back to things just like they were. And Jesus says, we're going to continue expanding the kingdom of God, Mary, and you're going to have a big role in it. But you know what? We're not going to go back to things just as they were. Greater things are coming, and you need to get ready for the big changes that are coming. He was telling his apostles, stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed, until you're imbued, until you're filled with power from on high. So when we pray and we unite together and we get our hearts ready for the big changes that are coming, God is going to fill us and he's going to show us just what he wants to do. Amen? I hope you believe that. Let's close together in a word of prayer. Lord, we've heard in your word today and we want to not just hear your word, Lord, we want to be doers of your word. Lord, we know that when we are empowered by your Holy Spirit, Lives are going to change. Big things are going to happen. And Lord, so today we want to lay aside our indifference. 
We want to lay aside that part of us that just says, I just want to go back to what's comfortable. I want to go back to the things exactly as they were before. And we pray, Lord, that you would uh, prepare us for the changes that are coming and help us to get excited about your mission to seek and to save the lost. Lord, help us because that is our goal uh, to see all of Sonoma County awakened to the truth that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. And He can be their Savior if they would just turn to Him in faith. Lord, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, help us as we're filled with Your Holy Spirit to begin that movement right here in Sebastopol in West Sonoma County. Lord, continue, we pray, to bring a spiritual awakening to this land and to its people. Spirit of the living God, as that song says, that worship song, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Fall afresh on me. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. And use me. Lord, help me to be part of what you're doing to turn around this country back to Christ. Because, Lord, we believe that when our hearts get tuned into your heart and we decide to live life on mission with you, Lord Jesus, then look out because the sky's the limit. The, our community is going to be so blessed with the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes. Lord, do your work in us and unleash us to be light to your world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.